What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this. We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Okay, good evening, good evening, USA, Canada, International, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, aka the YouTuber, host with the most, misunderstood, lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster from Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging with the 193rd episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. Um, a safe, a safe place for comedy, along with various topics, with entertainment news, music news, real life stuff, um, sometimes mental health, little mass transit in New York in terms of subways, buses, and you know, you know the rest. And we're live and direct from StreamYard and alongside with um, YouTube and alongside of myself is the Instagram live feed. Um, be sure to turn on your notifications on when each episode is going to be dropping. I am going to try to see if I could do maybe two hours of this episode so I could possibly, possibly be able to um, post this today. So hopefully I'll try to do a two-hour episode today. So we'll see what's going on. Um, now, if you are new to the YouTube channel, um, universe, and you miss any previous episodes whatsoever, go ahead and catch up on the episodes. Everything is uploaded. Don't worry about anything. Everything is uploaded and and post it to the YouTube channel page of G of my channel, G Money Stacks 555, where all the New York episodes. Yes, New York episodes is going to be. So go ahead and do me a favor and grab that subscribe button for me and tap that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream alongside with the with the time of the recording. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and the topics that's being discussed and of course for the for the for the most um most importantly stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes and previous episodes whatsoever and i will handle the rest of the episodes at the end of the show all right for those that's listen that's new listening and watching welcome to the show um we got some interesting topics to go through today and before we even go to that um if you are um 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 if you would like to make a charitable donation to support this show um you can go to you can go to the you go to my cash app which is um dollar sign g money stacks 555 that's dollar sign, um, capital G, lowercase M-O-N-E-Y, O-N-E-Y, excuse me. And capital S, lowercase T-A-C-K-Z, 555. That's dollar sign, G Money Stacks, 555. Um, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter on uh, what the, it doesn't matter whether you have a lot of money or not. It's all about doing the best you can on uh, whether you, on whatever amount of money you decide to donate 
will be appreciated. So don't you worry about having a lot of money. It doesn't matter. So, um, so yeah, there you have it right there, folks. Um, <clears throat> all right, let me get to a little, um, let me make sure I get into a little, a little mental health check-in real quick, man, before we start. All right. Um, as for myself, and of course, this segment is about the well-being of others as far as like testing out the temperatures of how they're feeling on the inside, not just on the outside, but on the inside, because the inside is what really matters. You know what I'm saying? So as for me on the inside, um, on the inside, yeah, I do feel a little um something, something actually. Um, what happened was um I was trying to help up my mother with the groceries and stuff, right? And then all this, and then all of a sudden, um, the I was trying to get the I was trying to get the chicken out, and then it slipped in the and then it slipped out of the black tray. And I tried to pick it up. And then and then after that, I tried to put away the applesauce. But then one of the applesauce came out, maybe one or two came out the the, the, the crate and then accidentally landed in the sink. And, and I was like, I don't usually, listen, I don't usually be as clumsy. I really don't usually be as clumsy though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And it's not like, and it's not like I have sticky fingers, folks. I really don't. I do try my best, but I'm only human. And you know what I'm saying? And I just don't see what the hell is the fucking big deal, man. Like, what is the like, what is the big deal? So I dropped, so I accidentally dropped certain things. And this is why I never like listen, this is why I don't like being in the same, in the same place as my mother because she likes to rush people like me and i'm like listen i'm not a machine and i am and i am not um and i'm not a robot either i may be a man but i'm also a human being too so you know what i'm saying so i'm just um just trying to just trying to actually get through this get through this day and hopefully tomorrow will be better but you know, mentally for me, um, mentally for me, I feel a little um, feel a little down because of the grocery situation, and physically and spiritually, I'm um, I'm doing the best I can. So there you have it. That is your mental check in, um, and um, I don't have any. Um, I don't have any New York mass transit news for you folks for today. So I figured I'd just get into, I figured I could just get into um, chatting on the jazz right here, man. All right. Um, unfortunately, we have a passing under um, Jesse Powell. So let's get into it. Yes, unfortunately, we lost an, a music artist, um, of course, Jesse Powell, who passed recently, and and his sister, 
based his sister named Tamara Powell took to Instagram on the evening of September 13th to reveal that her brother passed had passed away. It is with a heavy heart that we announced the passing of our beloved son, brother and uncle Jesse Powell. She wrote sharing her family statement. He passed away peacefully in his Los Angeles home. The family asked for privacy at this time as we mourn the tremendous loss and celebrate his everlasting legacy. Of course, the statement concluded Jesse loved music and he especially loved his fans who supported him throughout his career. We want you all to know that you meant the world to him. The family did not include any further details about Jesse's condition or what may have caused his death at the age of 51. Of course, um, you learn learn more about the singer. Yeah, you could learn more about the singer. So what songs did he did? Now, Jesse Powell was an R&B singer, best known for his 1999 song, You. You reached number 10 on the U.S. Billboard charts, as well as number two on the R&B charts. Throughout his career, Jesse released four albums, with the most recent being in 2003. Some of his other songs include I Wasn't With It, If I On Need, and Gloria. Um, How was Jesse Powell discovered? Well, Jesse and his siblings performed at local talent shows in the early 90s, and he was eventually discovered by a producer who goes, who is, who goes by the name of of Carl Rowland. Jesse then started network, no, excuse me, started working with record exec um, uh, Luel Silas Jr. Luel signed Jesse to his label, Silas Records, and they got to work on music. It was three years later that Jesse released his debut album in 1996. so Jesse is the older brother of fellow R&B singers Trina Powell and Tamara Powell. Wow. Who knew? The women formed the R&B group Trina and Tamara. They released their debut and only album in 1999 and are best known for their song What What You Do What You What You Come Here For. Uh, which reached number 56 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. The siblings also have a brother, Jacob Powell. Um, Jesse retired from the music industry after releasing his fourth studio album, Jesse, in 2003. Um, let's see. Um, Brittany Aldine, five things to know about. No, I don't, I'm not going to really do that. Um, how was Jesse Powell? Jesse Powell was just 51 years old when he died on September 13, 2022. He was born on September September 12, um, 1971, dying just one day after celebrating his 51st birthday. Oh, right. So, so sleep in power to Jesse Powell. All right. Um, and um we also got some other other crazy news whatsoever. Um, so we got a recent, most recent story actually, which happened. 
Um, Bronx boy, hold on a minute. So a 14-year-old Bronx boy was arrested for Thursday murder of his friend cops and sources said. Patrick Mahoney was charged Friday with murder, manslaughter, and criminal possession of a weapon in connection to, of the fatal shooting of Jacob Bourbon, also 14, according to sources and court officials. Yeah, sorry about that. Investigators were looking into the possibility that the teens were playing with a 380 caliber handgun in the lobby of an apartment building at East 194th Street and Briggs Avenue in Florida Manor. Not a good idea. Forbin was allegedly shot in the chest when the gun went off. He was pronounced dead at St. Barnabas hospital according to cops mahoney was remanded after his saturday evening arraignment and was set to appear in felony youth court monday um okay so all right so let's get into let's get into um let me see let me see let me see um let's get into Let's get into something, something actually. So, so Trevor Noah, um, it's very, 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 very unfortunate actually, but this is not as um sad. But, but um, here's what's happening here, and this is according to Vanity Fair. Trevor Noah knows when he's saying goodbye to the Daily Show. Paramount Global announced that the comedian and Daily Show host will say farewell to the late night program on December 8th. During Noah's last week, the Daily Show will feature a look back at some of his greatest moments from his seven-year tenure manning the desk. Noah announced... Um, that he was leaving the Daily Show on September 29th, shocking both audiences and colleagues alike with the news. After Noah's departure, the Daily Show will take a hiatus for the rest of the year and return on Tuesday, January 17th with rotating set of hosts. Whether that will, um, hold on a minute. Whether, um, Hold on a second. Whether wait, wait, wait. Yeah, whether that will include any of Noah's Daily Show correspondents, Ronnie Chang, Michael Costa, and Desi Lytic, um, Dulce Sloan, Lewis Black, um, Jordan Klepper, or Roy Wood Jr. is as of yet unclear. As for who will permanently hold on a second who will permanently host The Daily Show. That, too, remains up in the air with the late show host James Corden also leaving his late-night post in the coming year and former Daily Show correspondent Samantha Bee's full show, Full Frontal, getting canceled. The late-night television landscape is facing a series of shakeups that make choosing a Daily Show host, um, host perhaps a more fraught 
tasking and filling the desk than it was when John Stewart stepped away in 2015. Give me one second, folks. I saw somebody. Give me one second. Give me one second. Hold on. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, sorry about that. Um, anyway, um, what I was gonna say, I think, look, Trevor Noah. I think it's, I think it's interesting that he's, um, he's moving on from the talk show, but what's next for him? That's that's a good question. Like, what's next for him? That's a good question right there. Like, what's next for him? Um, well, let's see. There's gotta be more information than this, man. Well, let's see. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it whatever happens, happens. I'm think I think um whatever makes him happy, he'll just go for it. Um Yeah, so this is pretty much um this is pretty much um what it is though you know what i'm saying um anyway up next is the east village now fortunately unfortunately east village is losing 300 local businesses um so let me fill you in on on this though so the east village's economy is crumbling crumbling a new study found about 19% of the neighborhood's storefronts, 331 out of 1,776 were vacant in August 2021, at a 5% increase from the same time in 2019, according to a report from the Cooper Square Committee Village Preservation and the East Village um, Community Coalition. They concluded... Um, the main culprits were the slandemic shutdowns, rising advertising costs, rents going up, and difficulties in finding skilled workers. <laughs> the number of vacant storefronts in the neighborhood grew as many merchants struggled to keep their businesses afloat and some were forced to shutter their doors, the study said. Um, Christian Sorge who opened the limited one record shop on East 10th Street five years ago, said landlords aren't interested in providing space for small businesses. Landlords want to rent to something big like a bank or a franchise, he said. They are just waiting for the big paycheck to come, so they keep their they keep the rents really high instead of trying to cultivate a community around the East Village. 
That that's that kind of sucks right there, man. That kind of suck right there, man. And I really feel bad for those people. Um, so businesses are also dealing with rampant crime as petite petite larcenies in the ninth the ninth precinct, which patrols East Village, has shot up 140 140% since this last no, excuse me, this time last year. People are shoplifting from bodegas all the time in the neighborhood and they are not getting charged. How are you supposed to pay the rent that, how are you supposed to pay the rent like that? Said Rob Rossi, who bartends at International Bar on First Day Avenue. You walk around Avenue D's and C and a lot of those stores are gone. The whole neighborhood is just getting getting very chaotic the types of businesses disappearing the most include tailors tattoo shops dry cleaners ice cream parlors hardware stores bars and restaurants the study found um on the flip side um bookstores bike shops record shops and art galleries wine and liquor stores pet stores and bodegas are thriving the study identified hotspots for wasted potential such as the retail space attached to the new york city housing authorities first houses on avenue a and the steiner east village luxury condos which still owns eleven thousand three hundred square feet of empty commercial space at even after it was completed in 2017 yeah um yeah that's kind of rough man i really wow i really feel for those i really feel for those people you know what i'm saying i really do and and i can't really imagine i can't imagine what they're going through as far as like you know high rents and stuff and as far as like you know and and let me tell you something about landlords man look Landlords' job is not just to be collecting rent from people. Landlords' jobs is is to actually, you know, you know, help people. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to help people, not just like, you know, leave them hanging and then in the next thing you know they end up being homeless. The homelessness is getting crazy too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people won't understand that too. But hey, I'm not gonna really. I'm not going to really waste my time on this shit, though, man. But it's just, I just find it very, 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 very hard to believe that, you know, I find it very hard to believe that there's good landlords in New York because there's lousy landlords that don't want to fucking fix anything. I mean, as far as like the, not just, not just like the uh, gas related stuff, but not just the gas related stuff, but the, uh, but the, the, the heating the heating and shit, you know what I mean? And then the whole and everything else. So um let me not let me not waste my time on this though. Um anyway, man, I need to get to all right, so let's get into um all right, so there's been some bad luck with Ezra Miller. Anyway, let's get into Ezra Miller. There's been some bad luck with him these days, so let's get into this. Um, let's get into this though. Uh, the first, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Yes. So let's get into it. Um. Okay. So Ezra Miller allegedly thought of themselves as the Jesus figure and apparently ran with a pose of misfits while also retaining an arsenal fit for a small war. This per a new bombshell expose detailing what was going on surrounding their 2022 arrest. Vanity Fair has a new piece out titled Ezra Miller's Messiah Delusions Inside the Flash Star's Dark Spiral. And it's and it's as juicy and drama filled as the headline suggests. Um so Vanity Fair um tweeted um, new Ezra Miller's arrest earlier this year was just one turn in a troubling downward spiral. For the last two years, the actor has been endangering not just their not just their career, but also their safety and allegedly that of others in increasingly plain sight. The story is bonkers. Yes, it is. Claiming through several unidentified sources who were um, purportedly in Ezra's inner circle few these few years, that Ezra especially ran a harem um, convent of sorts at his Vermont ranch, where they apparently have multiple firearms and other weapons. People cited in the lengthy article described bizarre um, rituals that Ezra would allegedly host touting themselves as a real-life superhero akin to his fictional character of The Flash and supposedly even had an altar at their home where they host sermons and burn sage. One wild anecdote says Ezra went ballistic during one of these meetings demanding that Susan um, Sarandon come to pay tribute at the altar for snubbing them from a dinner party. The piece also describes Ezra as becoming more and more erratic as the slamdemic was getting underway. Evidence in the video of them apparently choking a woman in Iceland and completely sparring in 2022 when they went to Hawaii with a young activist whose parents have allegedly uh, had alleged Ezra was controlling via insidious tactics which the kid has denied. VF story details all sorts of out there tales about things Ezra has allegedly done over the past few years outside of their legal um, issues which are well documented including wandering the streets in search of um, downtrodden young people to rope into their way of life, arming themselves to the teeth, <laughs> having weapons sprawled out everywhere, tormenting those closest to them via um, diatribes, firing, scoldings, and more. It's a disturbing deep dive for sure. Yes, it is. Another fascinating aspect, uh, the notion that people close to Ezra say they question whether they are legitim legitimately 
queer or not. It's known Ezra publicly identifies as non-binary and even suggests they weaponize their identity when it suits them, but seemingly not minding being misgendered in private when they are in a state of calm behind closed doors. Um, BTW, speaking of Ezra's legal troubles, Vanity Fair reports that a majority of those cases have visually uh, uh, dissipate, dissipate, deceit, hold on, um, dissipate, deceit, paid, dissipated, 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 excuse me, um, suggesting Ezra and or their team have paid off most of their alleged victims, citing at least one NDA, which is non-disclosure agreement, um, they viewed and others they've heard about. Of course, the backdrop of all this is Ezra's movie, The Flash, which they are apparently very interested in salvaging, as is Warner Brothers. Ezra has since said they are seeking treatment for mental health issues, and they apologize for their erratic behavior of late. At this point, it sounds like Warner Brothers has decided to plow ahead with the release um, with the release of this film in 2023, despite all the problems that have arisen, which this story crystallizes quite, quite well. Time will tell if the gamble pays off. Supposedly, screenings of The Flash have tested well with audiences, so, it's, so it'll be interesting to see if Flocks if folks flock to see it, regardless of the drama. In more Ezra Miller news, this is from TMZ, uh, one of my favorite shows, actually. Um. Okay, so this is from, um, let me just uh, hang on a minute here. I know I have another one here. Hold on. Hold on a minute. I know I have another one. What the hell? So, so according to Variety, the flash star Ezra Miller pleaded not guilty to burglary charges in a Vermont court Monday morning. Miller, who's charged with burglary into into an occupied home and petite larceny, faces up to 26 years in prison if convicted of both charges. Miller appeared in Bennington Superior, Superior Court virtually with their lawyers. The actor is accused of breaking into a residence in Stanford, um, Vermont, on May 1st. After investigating at the time, Vermont State Police had discovered several missing bottles of alcohol from the property while the homeowners were not present. After collecting statements and reviewing surveillance footage, police charged Miller with felony burglary. The petite larceny charge states that the stolen items were less than $900 in total value. The felony burglary charge has a maximum of 25 years in prison and a 
$1,000 maximum fine. The lost knee charge is a maximum of one year and a similar $1,000 fine. Miller also agreed to not have any contact with the homeowner or return to the residence. Hmm. That's crazy, man. Ezra Miller this morning pled not guilty to one count of burglary and one count of petite larceny in Vermont Superior Court and accepted the court imposed conditions of not contacting or entering the home of the inhabitants. Ezra would like to acknowledge the love and support they have received from their family and friends who continue to be a vital presence in their uh in their hold on a second. In their um hold on a second. In their ongoing mental health, said Miller's attorney, Lisa B. Shokrat. The Vermont charges were just a couple of the controversies and legal issues facing Miller in recent months. Um, Hold on. Hold on a minute. I don't understand what this is. Okay. Um... Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait a minute here. Okay, yes. Um yes, the yes, 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 yes. Um yes, the uh the Vermont charges were just a couple of the controversies and legal issues facing Miller in recent months. The actor was arrested in Hawaii twice within one month's time, first for disorderly conduct and harassment, and then for second-degree assault. Less than four weeks later, they pled no contest to the assault charge and paid a $500 fine and $30 in court, in court costs. The harassment charge was later dismissed. Miller is also accused of choking one woman in an Icelandic bar um, and harassing another woman in her home in Berlin. In August, Miller apologized for their past behavior and be began undergoing mental health treatment. Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. Miller has said in a statement, I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. After being introduced as DC superhero the flash in 2017's justice league miller's solo movie the flash is set for release on june 23rd 2023 after many delays yeah um look and that's is and look i'm gonna tell you something let me tell you something he's better than kanye west all right he admits that he has a mental health issue, and that's very and that's very and that's very important. If you have mental health issues, of course, you need to take care of it. 
but obviously, obviously, Kanye West is not doing the same thing. But I'm gonna save that shit for episode 200. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not gonna talk about it in here, but save that for episode 200. All right. So in other Ezra, Ezra Miller news, um, and this is from Esquire. Um, if you haven't seen the stream of Ezra Miller news in 2022, first of all, how, and second, you'll be able to catch up on the incredibly dark allegations below. But first, amidst all of the trouble surrounding Miller, which again, we're not about to break down in full, but include includes accusations of grooming, violence, um, and manipulation of minors. Um, the rap reports that they are still filming new scenes for the flash apparently miller shot a day of pickups last week on the warner brothers lot for the upcoming dc film following a meeting with studio heads that was reportedly very positive this news comes after september's bombshell story from vanity fair that report offered multiple new details about miller's um supposed um, spiral, but mainly something for the question on all of our minds. Why the hell is Warner Brothers still releasing The Flash? Well, apparently because Miller apologized. Miller allegedly made a trip to the studio's Burbank, California headquarters to apologize for the negative PR in person and expressed renewed commitment. The rest of the Vanity Fair story level new strange Miller's, Millerism Millerisms, um, which include a source of alleging that Miller saw themselves as the next Messiah, who believed the Freemasons were sending demons out to kill them. Cut the cut the fucking bullshit, man, with the conspiracy theories. VF's report filed an update from Rolling Stone, which detailed how Vermont State Police were unable to find a mother and her three children who were allegedly living in unsafe conditions at Miller's farm in the state. Reportedly, police attempted to serve the mother with an emergency care order that would take away the children from Miller's property. The repeated attempt to, to contact the mother apparently is what resulted in police charging Miller with felony burglary, Vermont State Police um, also report. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, this occurred after police found out that several bottles of alcohol. Yeah, I already covered that part. Uh, but of course, there has been much more, including several arrests. Miller has also responded to the general public before this new studio, Mia Copa, offering an apology and a promise to seek help um here's what you need to know of course here it is um yes i already talked about okay so okay what allegations has been made against ezra miller on june 23rd rolling stone reported that miller has been hosting a, a mother and her three young children at their Vermont farm with multiple sources telling the outlet that the living conditions are unsafe. The mother, 25, age 25, told Rolling Stone that the ranch has been a healing haven for us. 
after leaving what she described as an abusive relationship with an ex. Yet the children's father who opposes the living arrangement said, I got a bad feeling in my stomach. I do want to go get my kids. They mean the fucking world to me. Two sources told Rolling Stone that uh, at Miller's 96 acre farm property, there are unintended guns strewn around the home. A source also alleged that one child picked up a stray bullet and put it in her mouth. Reportedly, a social worker um, visited the home and told the children's father they, that they looked good, yet there was more work to do. So the report from Miller's farm followed a story from June 8th when TMZ was f- the first outlet to report that Miller had been accused of grooming um, Tokaka Iron Eyes since the latter was 12 years old. In court documents obtained by People, Iron Eyes' parents, <laughs> um, Chase Iron Eyes and Sarah Jumping Eagle, oh my gosh, <laughs> claim that Miller has been manipulating their daughter for years, saying that Miller took an immediate and apparently innocent liking to Takata. Even more, um, Case and Sarah alleged that Miller gave Takata marijuana, LSD, and alcohol as a teenager. In the court documents, they went on to claim that Miller, through the quiet organization, offered to pay Takata's college tuition. This past December, Takata allegedly dropped out of school and later traveled to Vermont, New York City, Los Angeles, and Hawaii with Miller. Chase and Sarah in the complaint added that Miller uses violence, intimidation, threat of violence, fear, paranoia, delusions, and drugs to hold sway over a young adolescent, Takata. In a statement posted to Instagram amidst the allegations, Takata ionized defendant Miller. Takata's parents told people that Takata doesn't have a phone and that they doubt whether they wrote the statement. Then, on the morning of August 4th, Business Insider published a frightening report that tackles almost all the allegations made against the star. The story, written by um, Mel Corka, uh, Licia, and Katie Warren, demands to be read in full, with highly um, specific claims of abuse, grooming, and emotional manipulation manipulation it's impossible to detail the findings um without diluting its reporting but this one this is as close to a summary as the story offers and uh yeah insider has spoken with 14 people who had recently who had recent interactions with miller in which the actor exhibited frightening emotional outbursts carried firearms or left them feeling unsafe some people said miller sought out impressionable young women and non-binary people who whom um they uh could isolate from their families and control um in some cases miller has sexual relations with these people what the hell 
In 2020, during a roughly two-month stint in Iceland where Miller walked the streets uh, barefoot, rumors spread that the movie star was running um, a cult out of an Airbnb. The beginning of the story details of an alleged incident where Miller had slammed the door of an Uber so hard on slamming jumping Eagle who was trying to retrieve her daughter, 18-year-old Takata Iron Eyes. <laughs> that's a horror. That's horror. That's not, wow. That's like one of the weirdest names ever. But anyway, um, yeah, Iron Eyes actually. Yes, hold on. Where, where, where is it? Yes, Iron Eyes, whom Miller has um, previously been accused of grooming that she needed medical treatment. From there, Business Insider details Miller's behavior in Iceland where their makeshift commune, their monologues on spirituality, and their emotional outbursts. Rumors began to circulate um, in Ray, Ray and Rick Javik that the star was running a cult. Ah, oh, man. Ah! Yeah. Um, later on in the report, which also includes new allegations around the nature of the relationship between Takata and Miller, we also learned about a concerning series of incidents involving an 11-year-old child, now 12, who identifies as non-binary. Um, the mother of the child told the outlet that the actor showed an inappropriate um, interest in her 11-year-old. Complimenting the child's style and maturity level and asked whether they were interested in starting a clothing line together. Um, the mother was successful in obtaining a harassment protection order against Miller. Following reports that Warner Brothers canceled the nearly finished Batgirl due merely due to either financial concerns or the quality of the film, fans have are pointing out the obvious on social media, mainly th that the Flash is allowed to debut as planned. Even with all this, um, so murmurs of the studio anxieties first emerged this spring as. Miller was arrested twice while having while living in Hawaii. On April 20th, according to the Hawaii Police Department, Miller had was taken into temporary custody for second degree assault in the early morning at a private residence in the district of, of Puna. Um, a news release said during the course of their investigation, um, police de determined that the, the individual later identified as Ezra Miller became irate after being asked to leave and reportedly threw a chair, striking a 26-year-old female on the forehead, resulting in an appropriate, um, no, excuse me, approximate half-inch cut. That was the second arrest. For the first, according to the Associated Press, Miller was also arrested at a Hawaii karaoke bar at the end of March. Hawaii Police Assistant Chief Kenneth um, Kuyocho told the AP that Miller took issue with um, patrons singing Shallow from The Star is Born. 
As the AP reported detailed, Miller grabbed a mic from a singing woman and lunged at a man playing darts before authorities charged them with disorderly conduct and harassment. There were more incidents too. Miller was reportedly the subject of multiple police calls calls in March. Here's how the AP classified the incidents via info from um, Quilcho. Um, so there, there were um, Manini incidents, a Hawaii um, um, pigeon term that can mean minor or small, such as filming people at a gas station, refusing to leave the sidewalk area of a restaurant and arguing with people. The same AP story detailing Miller's arrest revealed a court a court complaint against Miller, followed by two Hawaii residents. The complaint alleged that Miller burst into the bedroom of the petitioners and threatened the alleged male um, victim by saying, I will bury you and your slut wife. The residents filed a restraining order against them, um, as well as alleged that Miller stole some of their belongings, which included a passport and wallet. Two weeks later, however, the AP followed up with the news that the two individuals dropped the restraining order against Miller. The lawyer for the two residents, William Dean, declined to comment on why they dropped the restraining order. Even before the second arrest, this was all enough, according to an earlier story from Rolling Stone for Warner Brothers executives to, to, to hold a meeting about Miller's future with the franchise. The Rolling Stone story um, alleges that Miller had meltdowns while filming The Flash. And this I told the outlet that while there was no yelling or violent outbursts, they described Miller as losing it. Ezra would get a thought in their head and say, I don't know what I'm doing. The meeting reportedly happened on March 30th with the executives deciding to pause Miller with the studio. Um, yeah, and he also stars in Fantastic Beasts too. Um, since though, a Vanity Fair writes, and as we cited above, Miller has made an in-person apology to execs, which was apparently enough to quell any desires to cancel the Flash's theatrical release. And as assuming um, reporting noted, he is now doing reshoots with the approval of the studio. Um, in the mix, in the mid, in mid August, Variety obtained a long overdue statement from Miller via a representative of the actor. Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental Ill mental health issues and have be begun ongoing treatment, Miller said. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. Um, so what do allegations against Ezra Miller mean for the future of the DCEU, you ask? With the with the with the K 
caveat that this ran in advance of Miller's apology to Warner Brothers, a report from Deadline alleges that Miller will not remain as the DCEU's big screen flash following the 2023 film release. Since the flash doesn't hit theaters until June 23rd, 2023, this situation is surely far from its dead. No, far from its end, excuse me. Um, whether it means Warner Brothers keeping or replacing Miller will keep this story updated if further details emerge. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. If I hear any more information in regards to Ezra Miller as far as his bad luck, um, I will bring it here on this podcast. So um, let's get to. I'm glad, and I'm actually glad that he's taking initiative into into getting getting um help with his mental health, man. You know what I'm saying? And that's very that's very um it's very interesting to know that he acknowledged that he has a mental health problem. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So it's just it's 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 just um hopefully he could get his shit together and shit though, man. You know what I'm saying? So so I am going to actually up applaud this man because of the fact that he acknowledged that he has mental health issues and for the simple fact that um um that he is going to continue with the flash movie that's coming out next year so um so remains to be seen we'll see what happens with any new information in terms of the the uh the replacement of ezra miller we'll see what happens so stay tuned for that All right. Um. Okay. Unfortunately, Young Thug is rotting in jail. Ooh. Oh boy. So I don't know what's going on here with this issue right here, but um, prosecutors want to delay Young Thug's trial, prompting his lawyer to seek bond for the YSL rapper once again. Young Thug sought bond and. And a speedy trial after prosecutors requested a delay in a delay in the YSL Rico case. The trial was um, tentatively tentatively scheduled to begin in January, but prosecutors asked the court to push it back to March. Young Thug's attorney Brian Steele expressed outrage, demanding his client be released on bond. Um, it is unjust that young thug rots in the county jail and has not yet been provided um complete discovery by the prosecution and is being required to wait on the appointment of counsel for co-inductees steel explain this honorable court must intervene to prevent this injustice steel added it is unconscionable unconscionable that the district attorney's office did not provide the court system with notice that there would be a great need for appointed appointed counsel on an upcoming case well in advance of the return of the indictment a judge denied bond to young thug on three occasions citing safety concerns raised by the prosecution the 31 year old rapper whose real name is jeffrey williams has remained in jail since his 
arrest in May. Young Thug and more than dozen, two dozens, why do two dozen YSL members face racketeering charges, among others. Young Thug's lawyer accused prosecutors of delaying the trial in in an effort to keep his client behind bars. The prosecution continues to use this trial date as a weapon to keep Mr. Williams in custody still contended. All of these factors weigh against denying Mr. Williams bond, even though he has proven to, to this honorable court that he would be under total house arrest. Electronic ankle monitor with law enforcement officers standing guard outside of his home 24 hours a day, seven days seven days per week, yet no bond can be set. Steele con- concluded, um, this is wrong and not the way that we treat people in America, the state of Georgia and Fulton County. Something must change. Well, well, if you look, man, even his even his pal Gunner got um denied bail for like three or four times too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, it's like you know. Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something, man. No one is ab- above the law. Um, that's crazy, man. That's really crazy. But um, I don't know. We'll see, and and we'll see about we'll see what's going on with Gunner. Um, in a sec. Um, um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, all right. Let's get to Diddy. I'm not gonna do Gunner's story today. Um, I don't really got too much to say about Gunner, but you know. You know, once you once you, you know, once you do the crime, you gotta do the time, you know. So it is what it is, man. Um, anyway, Jermaine Dupree has confirmed that a versus battle between his so-so death records and Diddy's bad boy records is still in the works. The producer appeared at one music music fest in Atlanta over the weekend and gave fans an update on the pending showdown between the two um, historic labels. I'm saying this to let y'all know, the social death and bad boy verses is happening. The pre revealed on stage during the event, which took place on Saturday, October 8th and Sunday, October 9th at Centennial Olympic Park. The news of the pre and Diddy going head to head comes amid a recent lawsuit settlement between versus founders timberland and swiss beats and trailer which i talked about previously um which acquired the brand in 2021 the musicians previously um um levied um accusations of not being fully compensated by trailer per their initial agreement claiming to have only received two payments from the streaming platform. Now that the two sides have um, negotiated terms of their deal, Timberland and Swizz are looking forward to resuming their series of live performances, putting, no pitting the biggest names in hip hop and R&B against one another. Um, Versus has always been a platform that is by the artists for the artists with and with the people um read their joint statement after this after the settlement 
we're glad to come to an amicable, no, excuse me, amicable agreement with Trilla and continue giving fans the music and community that they've come to know and love from the brand. A versus uh, matchup between Jermaine Dupree and Diddy has been broached on numerous occasions. With Dupree open, openly inviting his East Coast counterpart to bring all the smoke to a battle. In 2021, during the verses um, featuring Fat Joe and Ja Rule, Dupree, who was actually in attendance for the live event, threw down the, gar- the gauntlet on social media and called Diddy out by name. Um, somebody let Diddy know I'm at the Madison Square Garden right now, he tweeted, and he gonna need some training from me. However, Diddy initially balked at Dupree's offer, arguing that his catalog lacks the hit records and cultural staples when compared to his, which he noted in response to the Atlanta reps um, challenge. Beloved, you my nigga, but your arms too short to box with God. <laughs> oh shit. Did he wrote at the time, you ain't got enough hits. I'll smash you with just Biggie and Mary J. Blige. But I do have the utmost sick respect on you as a as a musical legend. Diddy, who was more interested in a versus battle between himself and Dr. Dre, has since voiced um, his willingness to go head-to-head with Dupree in light of Dre declining to appear on verses for the time being. Of course, of course, uh, you can watch Jermaine Dupree speak on the social death versus against versus battle against Diddy and Babwell below. So, um, let me see. Oh boy. Um, hold on a minute here. All right. Um, all right. So let's see what else to talk about here in, in this episode. I'm sorry. Um, let me, me do this. Um, what the hell? Okay. Uh, what the hell? Hold on. Let me see what else we're talking about here. Okay. Um. All right. So up next. Up next. Um. We need to talk about the. We need to talk about. Um. Hang on a second here. Hang on a second here. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to talk about the weekend, which we'll get to next. Um, yeah, let's talk about the weekend. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, where is this? Okay. Um, all right. Uh, 
Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. You see how much time we got here. Hold on. Um, all right, so the weekend has revealed recently um a, a rescheduled date at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles and added a second date. The latter will, will close out the North American leg of his after hours till dawn tour. The four-time Grammy um winning singers um rescheduled date is Saturday, November 26th, with the new show set for the next night. The weekend has forced to was forced to postpone a September 3rd date when he left the stage after just three songs after saying he had lost his voice. Wow. Tickets from the, from the September 3rd will be honored on November 26th, and ticket holders can request refunds until October 27th. Of course, um, the previous date was September 6th. The weekend is updating fans on the health of his voice after he was forced to cancel his concert at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California, following three songs. The, the performer also said his presentations in Toronto would remain on track, and his team was working on rescheduling the concert from this past Saturday. Doctor says my voice is safe, and with rest, I'll, I'll be solid and able to bring the show my Toronto fans are waiting for. He shared on Instagram, LA date is being worked out soon. Thank you so much for all the love and understanding that's come my way. I love you all so much. XO. Um, don't ask me what XO means. I'm, I'm not too sure what that means. Um, the weekend was about 15 minutes into his concert when he stopped his appearance after saying he had lost his voice i don't know what just happened but i just lost my voice he told the crowd this is killing me i don't want to stop the show but i can't give you the concert i want to give you right now um i'm gonna make sure everybody's good you you'll get your money back i'll do a show real soon for you guys but i wanted to come out and personally apologize he would later release a statement on social media saying my voice went out during the first song and i'm devastated felt it it go and my heart drop my deepest apologies to my fans here i promise i'll make it up to you with a new date the weekend is also set to star in hbo's the idol later this year um so yeah so i'm glad he's actually getting he's getting all the rest that he needs and speaking of Speaking of getting some rest, uh, let's see. Speaking of getting some rest, so let's get into, um, let's get into, let's get into, let's get into Simba. Not the one from the movie, folks. Um, okay. Fifty Cent's um rocky relationship with his son Marquise. Um, Marquise Jackson is getting a lot of attention, especially Marquise's um, attempt to buy dad's love. But buzzing rapper Simba says money shouldn't be the focus in this situation. We caught the red hot rookie walking into Dash Radio in Hollywood, and he doesn't agree with the notion 
a father like 50 should automatically have to write massive child support checks simply because he's filthy rich. Remember, Marquise went viral for claiming these um, the $6,700 Fiddy paid monthly wasn't enough when he was growing up. But Simba's question is, how much would be enough? He says parents should pay based on their based on the child's needs, not based on the parents' bank account. Yeah, he's right about yeah, he's right, man. I have to I have to really agree. I have to agree with this though. Yeah. Um, we also spoke to Simba about the growing trend of male rappers spilling their biz on wax, something we've seen Quavo, the baby, and Tory Lanez all do in lyrics lately. Simba, who who's on tour right now with Joyner Lucas, says he doesn't plan on adopting that approach, but he gets why some artists do. He equates he equates it to female rappers who's who've been spilling tea for years and get this. He says the ladies are currently out rapping the fellas. Simba's currently in promo mode for his new Gangsta Grills with DJ Drama, but he's admitting male rappers in general need to step up their game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's right. He's right. He's right. And of course, there's some um, there's some um, unexpected collaborations after a rap beef that we need to get into. Um, all right. So plainly put, people will have disagreements. Sometimes the issues can be big or even escalate to physical fights, while others can be minor and worked out with a conversation. Um, this is from DoubleXLMag.com. Eagles have Eagles play a huge part in a lot of hip hop beefs, and that's what um can make them stretch on for years when they could have been ended in days. Hip hop has gotten so a bad rap for its beef spinning out of control, when in reality, most of them either don't really turn into anything or they end peacefully. In many of the beefs that got put to rest, the poet bygones be bygones, with some even hitting the studio to make a song together. Of course, here, Double XL so showcases some of the songs um, by former rap foes that were truly unexpected. And of course, obviously, Jay-Z and Nas um were embroiled in one of the most vicious rap beefs ever. Um, um each one launched personal insults at the other on songs on stages, in interviews, and anywhere it could be done. The beef lasted for nearly nine years, starting in 1996, peaking at 2001 with Jay-Z's Takeover and Nas's Ether. Everybody knows Ether was the better diss track, man. Like, come on. Then 
officially being put to rest in 2005, Jay extending the olive, olive branch to Nas on stage was shocking enough. The two dropping Black Rep Republican together the next year. A Nas song which featured Jay was just as much of a surprise. Almost every rap fan heard about the Drake and Meek Mill beef kicked off in 2015 because Meek accused Drake of having a ghostwriter. The story took endless twists and turns, including the ghostwriter Quentin Mirror, Miller um, getting, getting exposed and a number of diss tracks being released between Drake back to back and Meek Warpain. After Meek got out of jail in 2018 for a parole violation, the two buried the hatchet. Drake had Meek as a special guest at his concert in September of 2018. Then Drake um, was featured on Meek's January of 2019 single, Going Bad, for such a long beef to end in a song and a performance is beautiful, especially considering the two were friends before all this. Sheesh. Um. Okay, war ready. Rick. No, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna go into all the. I'm not even gonna go into um the songs right here. Well, wait, hold on. So this is the rap beefs. Okay, it's collab. So, um, quote war ready. Rick Ross and Jeezy after a beef started um back in 2010 due to some perceived slights on wax and culminated in an actual scuffle at the BET Awards in 2012. Rick Ross and Jeezy ended their beef officially in 2014, marking that event was the Ross single War Ready, a cutoff um, his mastermind album that features Jeezy and Tracy T. The former adverse adversaries collaborated in the past, but this was a bit different. It's been peace between the two since. With how popular how popular these artists were within rap, it seemed unlikely they would ever end it. Fast Lane, Eminem, and Royce the Five Nine, of course, friends since 1997 and working together as the duo Bad Evil, Bad Meets Evil since 1998. Eminem and Royce the Royce Five Nine once had a falling out due to the latter's issues with M's rap group D12. The beef was reportedly mostly attributed to M and Royce's relationship changing as their careers expanded and M spending time pushing D12. Royce and D12 exchanged this songs, but the beef ended in 2006, shortly before D12 member and M's right-hand man Proof died in a bar shooting. Um, by 2008, Royce was back doing shows with M and D12. With all of, with all of this leading to M and Royce's um 2011 collab, um EP Hell, the sequel. That project was their first and only effort together, with its lead single single being the song Fast Lane. It took some time, but they teamed back up. Money in the Grave, Drake and Rick Ross. Rick Ross and Drake have been friends and frequent collaborators since 2010, but 
um, hit a snag in 2015 due to Drake's beef with Meek Mill, who was signed to Ross's May Maybach Music Group at the time. Things escalated to the point of them dissing each other, with Ross doing so on Color Money in 2015, and Drake also firing shots on Western Road Flows in 2016. They squashed it in 2017, with Meek and Drake publicly uh, making things right in 2018. In June of 2019, Drake dropped a two-song EP, the best in the world pack to celebrate the Toronto Raptors winning the NBA championship. One of the songs was Money in the Grave, the first collab between Drake and Rick Ross since they buried the hatchet. Totally unannounced, it was a welcome surprise. Um, Going bad, Meek Mill and Drake. A long, a long-standing and well-known beef that started in 2015 was Meek, ver Meek Mill versus Drake. Yes, Meek Mill accused Drake of having a ghostwriter in the War of the Words, resulting in diss tracks, mostly notably Drake's back-to-back -back and Meek's war pain years of sneak disses and fractured relationships outside of themselves, naming MMG. Um, leader Rick Ross and Drake not having a good rap report rapper um for some time. Upon me getting out of jail in April of 2018 after serving five months of a highly publicized parole violation, cooler has prevailed. Meek and Drake officially ended their beef ended the beef in Boston at a September of 2018 stop on the Drake and the three amigos tour then teamed up on Meek's single Going Bad in January of 2019. The former friends picked up where they left off with how personal the beef got. It was a shock that they wrapped it up and made a new song together. Um, Black Republican, obviously, I just mentioned, um, it. In what is likely the most popular rap beef of all time, Nas and Jay-Z sent shots back back and forth to each other from 1996 and on. On its face, it felt like um, light competition that spun out of control. Take over the Jay-Z song that he performed live at Hot 97 Summer Jam in 2001. And either um, Nas' scathing response were the results of their, their feud. In these disses, everything was covered from questioning Nas' musical consistency to Jay-Z's physical appearance and talent compared to his Rockefeller Records signees like Beanie Siegel and more. And, you know, for those of you who may not know, um, um, the word diss is short for disrespectful. So just to let you know. Um, yes, yeah, so the disses were pretty much to people who were who knew each other well but had always been at odds jay-z's follow up this super ugly on which he outright says that he was having sex with nas girlfriend at the time carmen bryan while nas was with her meant the gloves were officially off they dreaded no, they deaded the beef officially in 2005 at Jay-Z's I Declare War concert, where he actually ended his wars rather than perpetrate them. In 2006, they dropped 
the, their first collab ever, Black Republican. A song off Nas' album, Hip Hop is Dead. No one saw this coming because this seemed like a beef that would never end. Um, Who by Future and Young Thug? Being close friends now feels like their past adversaries adversaries was made up, but Future and Young Thug were at odds for a bit, for a little bit. As two highly influential Atlanta rappers, they were in close proximity and had a mutual go-to producer in a then rising Metro booming. In 2015, Metro tweeted about rappers trying to churn out projects like Future. Thug took offense and asked for clarity right here, right there. This escalated to Future and Thug subtweeting each other and Metro telling Thug to pull up on him. This continued on into 2016 with Thug and Future going back and forth on Twitter without saying each other's names. There was plenty of chest beating about whose music was better and who was more skilled. However, the negativity ended in June of 2016 when they collaborated on Who, a cut from DJ Esco's project ET. Thug even apologized online that same year. Even more surprisingly, Thug and Futures actually dropped a collab album the next year. The cult favorite known as Super Slimy. <laughs> Give me one second. I need to get some water real quick. Stay with me. Super slimy. <laughs> yeah. Too Late by French Montana and Jim Jones. Embroiled in a beef since 2005, French Montana and Max B had an ongoing issue with Dipset's, Dipset's very own Jim Jones. Originally stemming from Max B having a business base falling out with Jim, Max was formerly a part of Jones's rap crew. Excuse me. Um, Bird Gang, the two dissed each other on songs and in interviews. This continued to escalate when, e even when Max was imprisoned for conspiracy charges in 2009. French was Max's friend and frequent collaborator when the beef with Jim was going on, so he was directly connected and rode for him. All of this ended in December of 2020 when French and Jim got on Instagram Live to call a truce, simply feeling the issue um, had gone on for too long. The two also collaborate, no, collab, excuse me, on Too Late, a track from French Montana's CB5 mixtape from that November. Shortly before they spoke on Instagram, the length of time in this beef made it seem unlikely common ground would ever be found real people ice cube and common common the well-respected lyrical rapper from chicago got his big break in 1984 when he dropped his um single i used to love her a song in which he 
personifies hip hop as a woman. Ice Cube, then a burgeoning West Coast West Coast rap star, didn't like Common's bars about gangster rap in the song. Now she's now she's a gangster rolling with gangster bitches, always smoking blunts and getting, and getting drunk. And telling Tommy sad stories. <laughs> now she only fucks with the funk, stressing how hardcore <laughs> and real she is. Calm raps implying that the genre was being worn out. Ice Cube responded on Mac 10's West Side um, Slaughterhouse rapping. Used to love her. Mad because we fucked her pussy whip bitch with no common sense, <laughs> along with more thinly veiled shots at common. The Chicago MC would respond in 1996 with the scathing bitch in yo, on which he insults Cube for his hypocrisy while questioning his rapping skills and more, and much more. The beef ended when, the, the beef ended there when Minister Louis Farrakhan called a summit to end rapper beef. Rapper beefs. Common versus Q's beef was cooled at the event. There was a scuffle among the two rappers' associates at the Sprite video shoot that same year, but the beef was done. They then acted together in the film The Barbershop, the next cut in 2016 and teamed up for the song Real People, their first collaboration and a song on the soundtrack featuring them actually rapping about their about being on good terms now. A happy ending. No guidance. Drake and Chris Brown are part of an elite group as some of the biggest stars in music's history. One a rapper with R&B leanings and the other an R&B singer who has fully embraced rap sound and aesthetics. Uh huh. While it seemed more likely that they would be friends, a beef over their mutual ex-girlfriend Rihanna, who Brown assaulted in 2009, turned into a violent ball-throwing contest inside a New York City club in 2012. Oh, boy. They took glancing shots at each other other in songs and through the media for years after ending in 2018 when Drake brought Chris Brown to the stage in Los Angeles. Breezy was a guest on Drake's um, Aubrey and the, and the Three Meagles tour. In June of 2019, they teamed up for Chris Brown's No Guidance which would go on to be a mega hit as it is currently eight times platinum. Considering their beef lasted six years and was based off someone who was so vital to both of their stories, it didn't seem possible Chris and Drake would make amends, but they did. Um, Yeah. So let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, Cardi B, Shake It Remix by K-Flock. Of course, Cardi B hopped on the remix to Bronx, New York, drill rapper K-Flock, Shake It. And on her particular verse, she uses the term retarded for which she got called out on social media. The word stems an older descriptor for people who are mentally challenged. Man, 
on her song Cardi Rapture. You crazy bitch. I'm retarded. Retarded. You okay? Something is wrong. A look through Twitter will show plenty of users on the app sharing their opinion on the rapper shouldn't have used the offensive word. Oh, come on, man. Oh, boy. This is nuts, man. Um, oh, boy. I don't even want to. Um, okay, so uh, Lizzo's, um, Lizzo's, um, girls, um, Lizzo's latest single girls faced major criticism in 2022 for the use of the term spaz, which to some simply means to wild out. But to others, it's offensive and is a slur that refers to a spastic diplegia, a form of cerebral palsy that involves muscle stiffness. Oh, come on. And all right. Young Thug, Ski, and Slatty. <laughs> Following news of Young Thug and over two dozen affiliates of YSL being hit with racketeering charges, apparently Thug's 2021 song Slatty, <laughs> in addition to seven other sings, will be used against the Atlanta uh, rapper in court. On both songs, he references acts of gun violence and possessing firearms. Well, I don't know, man. This is a tough one right there, man. I'm not going to really... This is a tough one right there. Um, Let me see. What else? What else? Let me see. I'm just trying to... Um, all right. So, in um, Rich Homie Kwan, day one, 2005. No, excuse me, 2015. In 2015, Rich Homie Kwan rapped in... Um, the chorus um, of a leak track about raping a female party goer distinctly saying rape. Chances ain't shit if you don't take one mansion full of bitches about to rape one. I've been eating money like a tapeworm. I've been getting money since day one, rhymes Quan in the chorus. So far, Quan has been met with negative feedback but has not lost any endorsement or or touring deals over the controversial and offensive lyrics come on um yeah yeah uh let me see what else i think that's it man i'm i'm just gonna um I'm just gonna move on to the next one, man. That's gonna be it. Um, let me see. All right, what else can we talk about here? I'm sorry. Um, um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, let me see. Oh yeah, Robbie. No, Rowdy Rebel. Let's talk about him. Um. All right. Um. So, last month, Rowdy Rebel unleashed um his Rebel versus Rowdy project. Uh. Wait. What the hell is this? Yeah. 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 A seventeen. Hold on. Rowdy versus Rebel project. A seventeen song body of work with contributions from A Boogie with the hoodie, French Montana, Dreezy, and more. 
Of course, today, the NYC bread rap, rapper turned with his latest offering from the project, the official music video for Paid Off featuring Fabio Foreign. The new clip sees the duo team up to pull off a high-stakes bank robbery on the track Rebel and Foreign Trade Bars back and forth for the opening hook. Um... All of this money paid off, I take a perk and start the day off. I get a big car and race off. They know the shooter coming if they cough. Man, brand new 40, take his face off. Jump in this Rory and I just skate off. Pull up, pull up to the party with my Draco. Make a nigga dance like he was J-Lo. <laughs> yeah, got gotta get rich huh <laughs> you can't party if you not on the list nah i don't love her i don't lie to the bitch oh all these guns were all these guns we got inside of the whip <laughs> rowdy versus rowdy no rebel versus rebel rebel versus rowdy follows 2016's shmoney keeps coming no shmoney keeps calling it rather um, which included features from ASAP Ferg, Lil Dirk, Rich the Kid, Kent Jones, Too Short, Ty Dawson, and Bobby Schmurder. Upon his release back in 2020, Rowdy immediately hit the ground running that year with releases like Reroute with Full Master Flex, Jesse Owens with Nav and Nine Bridge with A Boogie with the hoodie. Of course, um, of course, you can watch this on YouTube. You watch it on YouTube as well. Um. Okay. Um. All right. So, Bobby Schmurder and Robbie Rebel. Um. Let's get into this. Um. All right. Bobby Schmurder and Rowdy Rebels' legacies will never be intertwined as the pair both served six years in prison after taking a plea deal on criminal charges. Now Schmurder and Rebel have announced that they'll be hitting the road and going on tour together, which will find the Brooklyn Knights performing at over two dozen stops across the country. Get your tickets now. We outside. I'm bringing a whole lot of uh, rated R shit out all the gangsters and freaks. This a smarter tour. This going, this going, going, going to be the craziest shit ever. Y'all think I'm crazy? Now watch when I get on tour. Bobby wrote in the caption of a post on Instagram sharing the venues and dates. Um, obviously, okay, so. Obviously, October 8th already started. Salt Lake City, um, Utah, The Depot, October 30th, um, November 1st, Los Angeles, California, the, the Will the Will Turn. November 4th, Phoenix, Arizona, the Van Buren. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Phoenix, Arizona, the Van Buren. Hold on a minute here. Um Yes, Phoenix, Arizona, um, the Van Buren, uh, excuse me. 
Yes, Phoenix, Arizona, the Van Buren. Hold on. Hold on a minute, man. <sighs> Wait. Um, hold on a second. Phoenix, the Van Buren. Okay. Um, yeah, the Van Buren. Here it is. All right. Um, November 6th, Denver, Colorado. Um, Cavantes Masterpiece Ballroom. November 6th, November 9th, Austin, Texas, Emos, Austin, November 10th, Dallas, Texas, House of Blues, Dallas, November 13th, Silver Spring, um, Maryland, the Fillmore, Silver Spring, November 14th, Charlotte, North Carolina, the Fillmore, November 15th, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Fillmore, um, Philadelphia, November 17th, Boston, Massachusetts, um, House of Blues, Boston. November 18th, Rochester, New York's Seawater Street Music Hall. November 19th, New York, New York, Terminal 5. November 20th, Say, Say Revel, New Jersey, Starland Ballroom. November 22nd, Atlanta, Georgia, Tabernacle, November 23rd, Nashville, Tennessee, Marathon Music Works. November 25th, Cincinnati, Ohio, Bogarts. November 26th, um, Detroit, Michigan, The Fillmore. November 27th, Cleveland, Ohio, Agora Theater and Ballroom. Um, November 29th, Minneapolis, um, Minnesota. Um, Fillmore, Minneapolis. Um, November 30th, Indianapolis, Indiana, Old National Center. December 1st, Chicago, Illinois, the Vic, Cent the Vic Theater. December 3rd, Nor Norfolk, Virginia, um, the Norva. December 6th, Orlando, Florida, Vanguard, Orlando. December 7th, St. Petersburg, Florida. Janice Live and December 8th, Fort Lauderdale, Florida Revolution Live. So, of course, um, I'll, I'll figure out what the um, okay, so I'll figure out what the uh, where the link is to get the tickets and stuff. I'll figure this out. So, Roddy Rebel also voiced his excitement about the forthcoming tour while confirming the news. First time ever, me and bro. Um, it's Bobby Schmurter going on tour. This what they didn't want. They didn't want to see, but we made it happen. We come into this to a city and state near you. At the parties, about to go crazy. Come turn up with us. <coughs> um, get y'all tickets. Um, yeah. Earlier this year, Bobby Schmurter released Bod Boy, his first musical project since his release from prison 2022 also saw rowdy rebel release his debut album rebel versus rowdy this past july i already i already mentioned the dates um i already mentioned the dates actually um let me find out something hold on let me find out something <clears throat> let me find out something sorry about that um, let me find out the uh, the ticket situation for you folks out there that's trying to actually check out 
the uh the 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 performances so okay it's let me see all right let me find out something here all right so let me see let me check the link um let's check the link right here how to get tickets and stuff okay here's the hold on a second okay uh you would have to go check out his his um his website right here it is bobby smurder vip dot d no excuse me dot w u n dot i o um that's bobby smurder vip dot w u n dot i o that's his web that's his website on his page you know what i mean that's his that's his website on his page the link in bio is on his instagram page which is which is it's bobby smurder all right so go check out the link in bio and purchase your tickets over there on on the select states and cities that's coming to a performance near you so there you go right there um <laughs> yeah there you go right there this should be fun though man you know what i mean that's that should be fun we all need this though man you know what i mean um let's see let's see what else what else can we talk about here um what else can we talk about here um uh, let me see let me see let me see oh yes 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 um all right let's get into let's get into um let's get into let's get into movie popcorn man cave segment right here man let's get into it um let's get into it though um hold on All right, this is involving Jordan Peele. Hold on a second. Yeah, Jordan Peele and Keegan um, Michael Key. Um, hold on a minute here. Hold on a second. Uh boy, hold on a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Okay, here we are, here we are, here we are. Um, we're gonna get into the uh, thing with uh let's see let's see let's, yes here we go yes key and peel all right so here's what's happening here in the website um pearl pearl mag all right so um let's get into it jordan peel and keegan michael key reunited in the netflix um window and wild coming in October 2022. Are you excited about the Halloween films coming this October? Then you'll be thrilled with the stop motion Wendell and Wild from the delightfully wicked minds of, of Henry Selick and Jordan Peele. Netflix Wendell and Wild stars Jordan Peele as Wild and Michael Key as Wendell. 
two mischievous demon brothers were forced to fight with their arch nemesis with their help with the help of their sister heli who just happens to be a nun and an expert at expelling demons heli played by the talented angela bassett is a demon slain nun so you know it's about to go down <laughs> when the fighting starts even with a pg-13 rating this horror comedy will surely deliver the fright you are looking for this month window and wild is a stop motion by henry selick that will raise the hairs on the back of your head selick is responsible for other other horror animation hits like the nightmare before christmas and and Coraline. so there's no doubt this will be another classic for this generation um of course you can watch the trailer on youtube on the netflix youtube channel page and here's the synopsis of the window and wild um movie um synopsis so from the delightfully wicked minds of, of henry selick and producer jordan peele comes window and wild an animated tale about scheming demon brothers window and wild who enlist the aid of cat elliot a tough teen with a load of guilt to summon them to the land of the living but what cat demands in return leads to a brilliantly bizarre and comedic adventure like no other an animated fantasy that defies the law of life and death all told through the handmade artistry of stop motion the, this netflix animation is adapted from peel screenplay based on the unpublished book by clay mcleod and henry selick jordan peel took to twitter and posted the latest trailer with the with a devil emoji words weren't necessary because the new trailer speaks for itself this film is going to be a masterpiece for a long time key and peel fans you already have an idea of what to expect from the mind that created movies like get out and nope you have an idea of what to expect from these great minds if 2022's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness showed us anything. It's that everyone is craving for something edgier and darker. And that's what Wendell and Wild, with a run of runtime of one hour and 45 minutes, aims to deliver according to that trailer. Another Halloween family film you can look forward to in 2022 is The Curse of Bridge Hollow which I already talked about. Netflix's Window and Wild movie premieres in select theaters on October 21st and premieres on Netflix on October 28th. So mark your calendars, folks. All right. Uh, all right. So let's get into... Uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's get into... All right, let's get into, um, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. All right, so here's another, um, all right, we're going to get into, 
let's get into TV show checkouts for a second. Um, all right. All right. And this is pertaining to a Star Wars um TV series um on Disney. So apparently Disney removes Star Wars spin-off Rogue Squadron from release calendar, sets dates for Snow White, Inside Out 2, and the and Lion King sequel. Oh gosh. Um, so Disney has removed Rogue Squadron. Uh, the Star Wars film from director, sorry, um, yeah, um, from director uh, Patty Jenkins from its release calendar. The move comes a little as little surprise since the tent pole, which which was switched for December twenty second, twenty twenty three, was taken off the studio's production schedule in twenty twenty one. The announcement is more or less pro forma. As the window for Rogue Squadron to start filming in time to complete the movie by December, my next December has um, very nearly closed. The, the next big screen story in the space opera saga had already been delayed in November 2021, reportedly due to scheduling conflicts with Jenkins. As part of the scheduling change, Disney set dates off, um, for several movies, including it's Snow White remake. Oh gosh, starring Rachel Zegler, March twenty second, twenty twenty four. Inside Out, um, a follow up to the uh, emotional Pixar picture, um, June fourteenth, twenty twenty four, and Lion King sing- sequel, um, Mufasa from director Barry Jenkins, July fifth, twenty twenty four. Oh my gosh. Do we really need a remake of every single movie that came out in the past? The, the studio also planted flags for Searchlight's um, Next Goal Wins, an inspirational um, sports comedy from Taika Waititi on April 21st, 2023, Disney's Animation's um, Wish, a movie that takes inspiration from the concept of wishing upon a star, November 22nd, 2023. And Pixar's um, Elio, a science fiction tale about an 11-year-old outsider who becomes the galactic ambassador of Earth, March twenty, March 1st, 2024. Development plans for Inside Out 2, Elio, and Wish featuring Oscar um, winner Ariana um, DeBose. Um, and the team behind Frozen were revealed over the, over the weekend at D23 Expo. The company's... Um, Bian Neo, um, pep rally for fans. Um, sorry for the mix up in the segment. Um, I know this was supposed to be in movie in the movie segment, actually. Um, anyway, that that's my that's my apology. But anyway, um, let's get into uh. Meanwhile, the theme park ride adaptation Haunted Mansion will will open on August 11, 2023, instead of its previous date of March 10, 2023. And an untitled Marvel movie um, has been pushed from February 16, 2024 to its new home on September 6, 2024. I will cover that. I will cover the Marvel 
um, the Marvel switch-ups in a future episode for Marvel Comics movies. Um, Rose Squadron was expected to be the first Star Wars movie to play out to play in theaters since 2019's The Rise of Skywalker. Disney and Lucasfilm are busy developing separate Star Wars features. Um, one with Ratiti, another with the, the Last Jedi filmmaker R- Ryan Johnson, and a third with Marvel Chief Kevin Foggy. But there's been little to no information available about any of those endeavors, so it's unclear. Uh, it's unclear which of those will be the first to hit theaters. With when Jenkins first announced the spinoff in 2020, she evoked the thrill of watching her late father, who served as a firefighter pilot in the U.S. military, and referred to Rogue Squadron as her desire to one day making the greatest fighter pilot movie of all time. How about that? Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Let me see. Um, all right. I'm supposed to do the other one. I'm supposed to do the other one. I forgot. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Okay. Um, Star Wars Kenobi. Okay. <clears throat> yes. Um, Star Wars Kenobi News. Okay. All right. Um, let me just look into this right now. This is crazy. Wait a second. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see something here. No. Okay. Um, series. Yeah. So let me see. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Hold on, hold on. Kenobi. Okay. All right. Um, let's get into it. Um, sorry about that. Of course, with all eyes now set on Andor, the next Star Wars live-action series for Disney Plus, the re- the release of Obi Wan um, Kenobi seems like a lifetime ago. But as we know, the show wrapped its six-episode run. 
on the platform less than three months ago. Wow. Following the trend started by The Mandalorian and followed by followed up by the book of Boba Fett earlier this year, Lucasfilm has produced a behind-the-scenes hour-long documentary on the making of the series that is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Of course, here's the review. So, it is titled Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, and it depicts some of the key moments of the series production leading up to its release during Star Wars Celebration in May 2022, featuring, excuse me, a lot of its uh, star, um, Ewan McGregor and director Deborah um, Cho, Chow, excuse me. The series provides insight into the thought process behind the story of the series. Ultimately, for me, it feels like a longer, more expensive, and more detailed version of those behind-the-scenes videos Lucasfilms released as part of the marketing campaign. Going in, you can pretty much predict everything they are going to say if you followed followed those videos. Deborah Cho felt Chow, excuse me, felt a huge responsibility to continue on with the story of this legacy character. But she's a huge Star Wars fan, so she couldn't turn it down. Erin McGregor was so happy to be back and reunite with his longtime friend Hayden Crit. Christensen. He and the rest of the cast are thrilled to be working with Deborah Chow, etc. And that is pretty much it, or is it? One of my favorite aspects of these um, behind the scenes looks at a series or a movie is listening to the creators talk about their vision for the project in question. There is a reason why every actor that has publicly talked about Deborah Chow is so happy with her vision for the series and her directorial skills. I would love to watch a director's commentary on the series with Chow um, walking us through every decision she and the writers made. Because even though we might disagree with some of the decisions or think they think that they didn't ultimately work, I am fascinated by the thought process behind them. Child defended the idea of having Leah be the most important sibling on the show, as we've already had a lot of Luke Skywalker, but not that much of Princess Leia as front and center. She is as important to the story as Luke is, and it was time for her to shine. Vivian um, Lyra Blair was an excellent choice to play the part, and one of the highlights of the documentary for me was that she apparently was introduced to Star Wars through the books, which is something I certainly haven't seen before. She was um, adorable in the series, and seeing her work with Deborah Chow was very sweet. Um, we knew going into Obi-Wan Kenobi that this way, no, this was a very emotional moment for both McGregor and Christensen, who would be reuniting on set after 18 years. But as the old filmmaking rule says, show, don't tell. 
we've been hearing about this for a long time, but to finally see two hug it out during Hayden's first day on set was cathartic, to say the least. Just to lead up to it, when it when it is said that they were trying to send Ian home, Ian home, excuse me, as he was done for the day, uh, as he was done for the day, uh, let me see. But he insisted on staying to see Hayden on his first day, and then Hayden yelling, "Obi Wan!" Almost put a tear in my eye. That moment was pretty much everything I wanted out of the dock, and they pulled it off. Another major plus for me was seeing Liam Neeson again. Of course, we all knew he was going to be in Obi-Wan Kenobi, and most of us probably expected to see him in the documentary, but there's much more There's more to it. While we were very quick to call him a liar multiple times last year when he re- repeatedly said he wouldn't be in the series, uh, he wouldn't be in the series, and we knew all, and we all knew it, was some of his worst acting to date. I certainly didn't realize exactly why it was so obvious. As seen in his short interview in the documentary, Neeson was sold by Deborah Chow's um, pitch. It was not only instantly on board, but excited about coming back. Let's remember that Neeson loved his experience as Quigon in The Phantom Menace and has been back to voice the character multiple times. Of course, obviously from previous previous ones, which is The Clone Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and coming up in Tales of the Jedi. So putting on the cape again was probably something he was very excited about doing. And my heart just melted with that grin on his face when he talks about coming back. Hmm. Yep. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I was mostly satisfied with everything that included in Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, a Jedi's return, but I must say that I was very disappointed in some of the things they left out. For starters, a glaring omission for me was the voice of Darth Vader. This was another box I thought the documentary definitely should check, check, and they didn't even address it. Of course, James L. Jones was credited as the voice of the character, but we also know that they used the the respeacher software that was used for Luke Skywalker on The Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett. We just don't know to what extent was james l jones involved in any capacity or did they just feed old lines of darth vader to the ai to produce new ones and they simply um credited james l jones the voice worked great in the series and the fact that they didn't even bring up his name makes me think that the correct answer is the former you know hold on now that i think about it actually um I actually saw an article somewhere 
that James L. Jones is actually retiring um, as Darth Vader. But I will actually have to get into full information in a future episode. I'll try to actually, you know, you know, come back with that in a future episode. So um, just to let everybody know. Um, for instance, Ian McD- McDermott, McDermott had a 30-second cameo in the last episode, and he appeared in the doc. Um, let's see. And while we're at it, I was very surprised to see they did at least some digital de-aging on Hayden and, um, um, Erin for the flashback scene in the first, in the fifth episode. I was convinced that was not the case after watching the episode. And I guess we can now call it some of the worst de-aging to date. (laughs) Moving on to the last episode, I knew that this was a long shot, but I was hoping they would address the the arguably silly subplot of Reva going after young Luke. Those sequences felt a, a bit out of place in the episode, and I was and I always thought there could be some truth to the rumors that Reva's arc was repurposed in post-production as she was originally going to die damn damn really really though there is some footage of the filming of those scenes but even when deborah chow addresses her arc she doesn't mention the conclusion of her journey i was hoping the documentary would give us confirmation of what happened there either way i did love deborah chow saying how hard it, it is to play a dark side character i've never been a fan of the playing a bad guy is is so much fun and i guess until today i didn't know how to act articulate why but chow said it best it is a very hold on a second hold on a second hold on a second hold on yeah it is um hold on a second where did i leave off um it is wait a second wait a second um let's see oh yeah yeah it is a very bleak place to to take your mind and to do it right you have to be consumed by fear and anger for many hours a day the bottom line for me is that i enjoy most of what was put into the documentary but i wish they would have gone deeper into some aspects we knew going in that was a very emotional experience for everyone involved and i appreciate them expressing that so in the years ahead viewers remain aware of that context but i wish they would have explored the making of the show further of course obi-wan kenobi a jedi's return is now streaming on disney plus you can check that out 
Also, don't tune out. Don't tune out as the credits start to roll, especially if you attended Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, you could check it. You could check that out on Disney Plus, which is out right now. So, um, so yeah, there you have it. Um, yeah, there you have it, folks. I think that's gonna do it for this episode right here. I think it's gonna do it for. That's gonna do it for this episode right here. Hold on, let me see this shit. Um, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this episode right here. I'm actually going to go into um a little thing right here. Hang on a second. Now, before I go on to um, before I go on to wrapping it up, let me get to let me get to let me get to podcast free game mechanisms. I know everybody's probably wondering how they could start a podcast and all that other stuff. So I'll, I I got y'all. So I'm going to do this right now. So there you there you go right here, man. So there you go. Um, um all right. Um this segment is for people who are interested in in making a podcast like I'm doing right now. Um, with three multiple shows underneath of my belt. So you're going to need some important, important stuff to start a podcast. So starting with headphones, the most important thing that you need into, into having a podcast and your recording is some headphones. And you also need a microphone. That way you won't, you won't, um, have to worry about buying anything too expensive. It could be a Yeti microphone. It could be in a Voxcon um, microphone model, the A800, um, which I bought from Target. Um, you can find the microphones, in case you're wondering. You can find it at Best Buy. You can find it at Target. You can find it at Amazon. And you can also look for microphones in Walmart as well. And of course, you're gonna need a laptop, and along with a supporting software, which is Streamyard for your YouTube live stream um, recordings. And if you have a unique name for your podcast, um, and you have a story behind it and stuff like that, you know, you know, don't worry about being a people pleaser, um, because creatively speaking. Um, doesn't really matter what the content is going to be. As long as you're on your P's and Q's on the, t- the typical topics you're going to be talking about. Like for me, I try to keep um, political shit out of this as far as like race-related shit um, because, you know, I don't want my channel to be, I don't want my channel to be canceled and all that other shit. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, this, this, this show right here is basically you know, providing, you know, you know, we all need healing sometimes, man, in the world as far as like, as far as like, you know, um, everything, what's going on, but I can't keep up with everything, what's going on, but I can only do um, what's going on in, in New York and compared to the other states as well. So I can't really do, I can't really do too much of the whole 
thing because I I can't see. Listen, I can't see myself being angry twenty four seven over everything that's going on with every with every person, no matter what race it is, man. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because at the same time, at the same time, man. Like for the sake of you, for the sake of mental health, um, you gotta keep that. You got to keep your mental health thing in mind, though. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. Um, back to what I was saying about some stuff that you need. I just wanted to just make a point. So, anyway, some other stuff that you need to start a podcast is, um, of course, like I said, you need a laptop. on, And if you have an extension cord of a USB where you could plug into your um, – where you could plug in your your light, your ring lights, your microphones, your um your, your phone chargers and, and whatnot. You, you should be good to go on that one. And and of course, like I like I always say about StreamYard, StreamYard has been good to me as far as sound quality, which is better than Zoom. And um and for the most important part about that is that you get to share invite links with um with people of course six people of course and of course you get to uh you get to um set up the days of your recordings um depending on which days you record you you get to um you get to basically um you know, not only send send them invite links, but you get to invite them to your live chat and your recording. So it makes it a lot easier. And of course, with StreamYard, you get to use either either Facebook, LinkedIn, which I don't use. Um, you, you get to use Twitch and of course YouTube, which is what I'm mainly using for my YouTube channel live streams right there. And of course, um, and of course, um, if also uh, for lighting purposes, um, as you can see in my room, um, I have the LED lights alongside with the light box behind me. And yes, I have my flat screen TV on, but I'm going to get to I'm going to get to that in a, in a second after this after this. So. Um, also, um, let me see what else you, what else do you need to start a podcast? Oh, anchor.fm is the hosting site that I use to, to, um, to have a little help on distributing my three podcast shows on Spotify and along with other streaming platforms, which I will go over afterwards right there. So there you have it right there. And you know, be comfortable with with your voice no matter how it sounds even if you're nervous i mean practice um does make perfect but as long as you keep at it you should be you should be good to go you should be confident in yourself and be able to um make sure that you you do what you love you know what i'm saying so there you have it right there. That was your podcast free game mechanism segment. I'm going to go to 
um, another segment, which is the last segment of the night, which is uh, Stream Choices on the Go. So let's get into it right about now. Y'all know what to do. You like what you heard in today's episode or any previous episode whatsoever. Um, please feel free to follow Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast on Instagram alongside with um, my other two shows, which is um, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast. And of course, uh, which is the sports edition show, by the way, in case you don't know. And of course, and of course, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, the review show. I just dropped episode 88 already. Make sure you go check that out. And I just did episode 36 of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast, which will be dropping tomorrow. All right. Um, and also you can follow me on the gram, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. And be sure you turn on your notifications so you can know when each episode is going to be dropping. As the schedule goes, it's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for this New York podcast, New York podcast episodes. It's going to be dropping. So there you have it right there. And of course, if you go to the link in bar where it says Linktree slash G Money Stacks 555, um, you will you will see a whole list of um, all your streaming platforms. And of course, you're more than welcome to leave a voice message for me. If you have any questions and all that other stuff, you can DM me. You can um, email the podcast or whatever. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, speaking of Anchor, that's where we're going to start with. So starting with Anchor. Um, Audacity, Audible, Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, um, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Attic, Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and of course, you are you are able to um, leave a five-star rating on Podchaser. You, be sure to leave a five-star rating and a review on Podchaser, Podfriend, if you have any Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever. or And, of course, Spotify. You can leave a five-star rating on Spotify as well. And you can listen to Off the Meat Rack Change New York podcast on Radio Public, alongside with iHeartRadio, the number one app for mu music, radio, and podcasts. And make sure you follow my other two shows over there that's also on iHeartRadio, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast. No, excuse me. Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast, um, sports edition show. Um, and Meticulous Vibrant Podcast review show also on there as well so um so yeah there you have it right there and um and of course last but not least the youtube make sure you grab that subscribe button on the youtube channel g money stacks 555 where you see all the new york episodes new york episodes in case you miss any of them feel free to go catch up 
And of course, and of course, grab that subscribe button. And of course, tap click that no need on your bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in your air via live stream. Leave a like and a comment alongside with the episodes, along with the topics that's being discussed. Of course, more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. And be sure to listen, stream, watch these episodes. In case you miss any of them, it's on every streaming platform, like I said. And, of course, um, you know, tell a friend to another friend. Be sure you share the episodes, download these episodes, share the videos. And, of course, be sure to share the link where it says Linktree slash um. Linktree slash G Money Stacks 555 along with all these streaming platforms. And, and along with the podcast, share the podcast with your wives, husbands, um, girlfriends, boyfriends, friends, and people you cool with from work and all that other great stuff whatsoever. Um, so listen, that's gonna do it for me. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you very much for listening and hanging out with me. Rocking with me on episode 193 of Bad Luck, dedicated to Ezra Miller. And um, and yeah, I'm going to see y'all in the next episode, man. You know what I'm saying? Even though I might not be able to do it tonight, I'll probably do 194 and 195 tomorrow. So, um, so yeah. That's it, man. And... Remember, the grind doesn't stop. Um, hard work pays off. Um, New York wasn't built in a day. If you if you want something, you have to earn it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and be sure to follow your dreams, follow your goals and dreams, and be sure to take care of one another and all the other stuff and of course be sure to um to find your voice be confident in what you do creatively in terms of your craft depending on what you're trying to do career-wise whether whatever career field you pick just stick to it and you know you know learn stuff from it um and of course for those who are interested in being a podcaster i just gave you some tips um, be on your P's and Q's on a consistent basis when it comes to episodes on a weekly basis or bi-weekly, however you want to do it. And, um, and, um, most of all, you know, find something that clicks to you, that makes you happy mentally, physically, and spiritually. Of course, be on your P's and Q's. That's that's the most important thing. Be confident. Be you. Be you. Because nobody could do it but yourself. And of course, and of course, find something that really sticks to you, that gets you into your zone, alongside with some tunnel vision. All right. I'm out of here. I'm off this shit. Peace and one love. And have a good night, folks.
Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast. O F F T H E M E A T R A C K C H A I N Z N Y P O D C A S T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio stream choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Attic, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.